When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello and welcome to the Her Hoop Stats NCAA Tournament Preview. It is March, baby, and we are talking about basketball because it's the best time of year for basketball. I was writing about this the other day. It's just like, this is perfect basketball time. I'm Gabe Ibrahim alongside Calvin Wetzel, who this is our normal live stream crew, and now we're adding in our big, our post presence, the one, the only Christy Winter Scott with her Maryland retired jersey in the background. Uh, Together between the three of us, we have won two straight NCAA tournaments. We have been to the Final Four. We we are very accomplished in basketball. So, Calvin, how you doing? Christy, how you doing? I guess Calvin go first because now we have three people. So, Calvin, how you doing? (laughs) Oh, I'm good. As you can see, I'm live from San Antonio. I think this is San Antonio (laughs) behind me. Um, Home of the Final Four. So, I'm good. I'm excited to talk some hoops. And, and oh my, oh my goodness. You know, I'm super excited. You know me, Gabe and Calvin, you know, I love the game. This is the best time of the year. We didn't get it last year. So let's do it. Only a couple of days away. Let's do it. And we're, we're, what we're going to do today is just kind of go through our bracket. We're not going to pick every single game because that would take way longer than any, anyone like wants to be in a live stream. Um, but we're going to try to talk about our favorites in each region, try to talk about, try to give you some insights into who to pick, who we're picking and why. And, and we'll, we'll get into all of that. We're going to take you through all four regions. And as I was saying, there is a, a tournament bracket challenge on ESPN through her hoop stats that you can win um, some, it's a, what was it? What are the prizes, Calvin? If there's can, three uh, the top three get a subscription to the site. The winner also gets their choice of gear, laptop, sticker, shirt, whatever you want. So, All right. So yeah, Ooh. join in. 
you know, I'm mad. This is an aside, but Apple took off my Her Hoop Stats sticker. So I need to win this so I can get my Her Hoop Stats <laughs> sticker back because I sent it, sent my laptop in for repairs and they just took off my sticker for no reason, um, which I think is wrong. And St. Patrick's Day. So I'm going to open a beer. We, <laughs> as a group, are going to head to the Alamo region. All right. As you can see, we're going to remember the Alamo by talking about this region where Stanford is the one seed, Louisville is the two seed. We got a lot of great teams here. So my first question here, guys, starting with this first round, that's going to get kicked off over the weekend. Mm -hmm. Calvin, do you see an upset happening in the first round anywhere? Um, in the first round in this one, I'm going to say no. I do have an upset. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, though. In the second round in this uh, in this region, I know, I know, Gabe, we we differ a little bit on this one. I think I think I see Oregon in the Sweet 16. I know Oregon's cold. They've lost like a million out of their last million and one or whatever it is. I get you know Tahina Pow Pow is probably not playing. Um, I think Taylor Chavez is is ready. You know, it's an opportunity to run the point though. I think we forget Kelly Graves has already made the Sweet 16 four times as a seven seed or worse. Coaching is really important mm -hmm. at the college level, you know, more so than the pro level, especially this time of year. Um, Taylor Mikesell has been pretty cold from three after a really hot start. She shot 40% both her years at Maryland. I think uh, she's going to start knocking down shots again. She's like 11 for her last 53. Um, so, you know, when her shots start falling, it's in Sedona Prince is, you know, finally starting to, she was hurt, you know, earlier in the year and it took a while to come back. Uh, I, I think this team is going to turn it around in the first weekend and, and make the sweet 16. So I have Oregon over Georgia as my upset in, in this. Mm. So I have the exact opposite. I have South Dakota, the coyotes uh, beating Oregon in the first round because of what you said, Tiana Pow Pow is out. They are cold. They're coming into this tournament. I just don't know how confident they are. And they're going to play a really, really good team from South Dakota. I mean, you you look at their offensive and defensive ratings. They're in the top 25 offensively, top 35 defensively. They can, they can get you. And, and, you know, I think they have enough talent here, have enough offense to run with Oregon, who's a very high-powered offense, like you said, and, and beat them. And I think if you're not hot in this tournament, and this is, Christy, this is actually a question for you. Yeah. How important is it being hot, being confident coming into the tournament? Um, because I think that's that's why I'm picking Oregon to lose in the first round. Well, I think it's it's really important because you want to be confident, number one, in your flow. You want to be confident in the chemistry of the team. And you know, you're talking about the offense. You're talking about a team like Stanford who has had seven different leading scores, six different leading rebounders, and seven different players who have led an assist. But they're confident because they're able to score the ball, but they're also defending well. And they're not giving up more than 60 points a game um, to their opponents. So I think when you have that level of, of confidence in what your teammates are doing as well, so it's not like an individual. Mm -hmm. I know you were talking about Mike Sell shooting and Pow Pow may not play and all of that. But I think when you have everyone on the same page, we're all in the same string defensively. I mean, that that just bodes well for your confidence as a team. And, you know, you're talking about <clears throat> possible upsets. I know it's an 8-9 game, but that Oregon State-Florida State game, I have that one circled with a red pen because – You're jumping I, ahead. You're jumping oh, I'm ahead. sorry. I, you it know, has I a hemisphere. 
Christy. Oh, I jumped. I jumped. I jumped. You jumped. Oh, my oh. fault. You know, I don't have my I don't have my spectacles on. Oh, you're right. I did. I jumped. I'm sorry. Let me stay. Christy right Winter Scott, always a step ahead. Always a step ahead. <laughs> Not on us. purpose. But I, I think confidence is big I, when you were talking about that. So let me just stay on the question that, that was handed to me. And um, absolutely. I mean, you want to be you want to be shooting that ball well yeah. and you want your teammates who shoot the ball well, if you're the facilitator, you want them to be able to knock that shot down with confidence. So, I mean, I think that's, that's big time. So Oregon, while they have hit that slide, I mean, they were in the top 15 all season long and now they're at the bottom of the top 25 in the AP poll. And as an AP voter, you know, I had them sky high at the beginning of the season mm-hmm. and uh, had, had trust in, in what they were going to be able to do with the roster they had, even though they had some young players and some new pieces to the mix but, you know, that momentum, you want to have those losses early in the season and you want to be trending upward at this juncture. So I think it's going to be pretty tough mentally to kind of rev that kind of mentality back up. But definitely with Kelly Graves, been there, done that before. Yeah. He knows how to get it done that way. Um, I, I agree with this. And I, I just, you know, at the coaching, I, I, I think they're. If you told me Oregon got like I'm I'm with Calvin. If Oregon wins that first round, I could see them making it to um, the Sweet 16. Georgia is a really good team, but I, I could see it. Right. However, I do I do have Georgia heading to the Elite Eight. I have Stanford in the Elite Eight as well. Sweet 16 fills out with me with Arkansas and Louisville. Let's say it's those four teams. Do Do you think? Which one of the which one of these teams gives Stanford the biggest headache? Because obviously Georgia's playing really well. Louisville's a really great team. I have Stanford making to the Final Four out, out of this region. But Christy, mm-hmm. we talked about Arkansas all year long. <laughs> I came yeah. real close to picking Arkansas just because that team can get hot. Do you mm-hmm. think where is Stanford's biggest challenge here? Is it against Arkansas? Is it against Louisville? Is it against Georgia? Or, or are you looking at a team like Oregon, like Calvin was saying? Well, I think you have to look at a team like Arkansas because, I mean, earlier in the season, they beat UConn, right? They got hot, like you said, and they were able to do uh, great things in that game. But I think when you're looking at, at this bracket, the Alamo bracket, I think that it's Louisville that's going to give them the biggest Ooh. test. Uh, I just think that the inconsistency that Arkansas has had I don't know if if that's going to be in place with a team like Stanford. I was already talking about their defensive prowess and how well balanced they are on the offensive end. And anybody can go off on any given night. They've had so many different leaders in different categories. So I just think with with Louisville and Stanford, maybe that's just the matchup that I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think that I think that they will they kind of match up with them a little bit, mm-hmm. and I think that'll be a, a better challenge to Stanford in that way. And Dana Evans. Big game, big I mean, game player, like, right? Like, you just want to see the big game player. Calvin, I know, do, you, I love do you have Stanford coming out of here, or, or are you a Christie on, on the, someone getting them? Uh, I do have Stanford coming out. I think, uh, I mean, I, I don't know if it gets talked about enough, but they went two months without playing at home, and they still have done what they've done this season. It's incredible. I, you know, Anna Wilson can take your best perimeter player out of the equation. Um I think Cameron Brink is starting to come on strong. She still gets in foul trouble still sometimes, but when she stays on the court for 20, 25, 30 minutes, she's as good of a a five player in terms of all around being able to run the floor. She can step out and shoot it. I wish she did that more. I think we'll start to see that, but um, you know, 
her, her ability and just her impact on the defensive end as well. However, I, d- I do agree. I think Louisville is going to be a tough matchup if these two teams meet. Arkansas, you know, they could be, like Christy said, they're inconsistent. They, uh, you know, they beat Baylor. They beat UConn. They get smoked by Maryland. So who knows? Arkansas ceiling can definitely compete with Stanford, but who knows what we're getting. In terms of Louisville, though, you know, Anna Wilson can maybe match up defensively with Dana Evans, but you have so many weapons in that Louisville backcourt. Haley Van Lith, Kiana Smith. Uh, it's, it's a really hard team to guard on the perimeter. So, so I would absolutely love to see that matchup in the Elite Eight as well. Mm-hmm. To recap, Christy has a Louisville. I have Stanford. Uh, Calvin has Stanford. Okay, so um, I have Stanford. Calvin has Stanford. Christy has Louisville. No, no, no. Get- no, no, no. I have Stanford. I said that Louisville would give them the best run. Okay. That's, I didn't say they would take them out. <laughs> so we all have Stanford. Yes. We all have Stanford, which scares me. I'm going to tell you that. That's scary to me. I don't like when we have all agreement, although I think <laughs> I think Stanford's been good enough that it's fine that we all agree that Stanford will be coming out of the Alamo region to the Final Four. Uh, Calvin has a has a, a mini Cinderella, a little Cinderella. Oregon making to Sweet 16. I have South Dakota beating Oregon in the first round. Everything else pretty much going as as planned. Although I have Georgia in the Elite Eight as well. But we'll see. We'll see how we get there. We'll see how we get there. Let's move over to I, – I don't have a good background here, so I'm just going to speak for my house. Um, <laughs> the Hemisphere. Uh, not the Hemisphere. The hemisphere yeah. region. Uh, right. In this region, we have South Carolina as our one seed, Maryland as our two seed. As you can see from the jersey behind Christy, <laughs> we may have some disagreement as to whether Maryland is a two seed or not. Um, <laughs> then we also have we have a lot of great teams here. We got UCLA, Texas, West Virginia, Stephen F. Austin, Georgia Tech. Really, really interesting region here, and I think this is a region where people have some upsets so christy do you see do you see a big upset here because i actually have two first round upsets in this region wow i'm just looking at it just double checking um i don't know if there's going to be any upsets in that in that first round in this in this side of the region i just think that when you have teams like south carolina in there you have another team like maryland that easily could have been a one seed, and I thought they had it when I saw that Texas A&M a didn't yeah. get it. You know, it's like, well, who did they move Texas A&M out for? And that was early on in the selection, but I digress. But anyway, I think they, they've done enough to be a, a one seed. So when you have two teams that uh, are one of the 10 teams that have been discussed for winning the entire tournament in the same region, I mean, I think that, that just – speaks volumes, but I mean that, and now I can talk about the, the eight, nine uh, matchup. I, I don't know if that's considered an upset when a nine beats an eight, but um, that's the one I have circled. I mean, Sue Semrau at Florida state, she's just a, a tremendous basketball savant, you know, I've been around her um, and her team and, and her philosophy on winning. I think that's going to be a game that, that needs to be circled. And if a nine, eight is an upset, then that's the only one that I see in the first round. 
Yeah, and 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 they have a, they have an interesting story because Sue. I mean, as you know, Sue has been out this year um, because right. her, her mom has has been sick, and then Brooke Wyckoff right. coming in having that same sort of yeah. philosophy. That same that that that's when you know you have a culture is that this team was still strong enough to make the tournament, uh, and is Christie's right get to the second round. Exactly. Uh, I do have Oregon State there just because I like their I, they're they're hot. They're hot, right? Like they, I love I love a hot team. Um, right. But Calvin, do you have an upset here? Before I talk, before I say my two upsets that are not eight nine, uh, would, do you have an upset here? I do. I think I'm going to steal one of yours, Gabe. Yeah, you uh, but I, I have uh, I have Stephen F. Austin over Georgia Tech. You know, I love I do love Georgia Tech. There's no disrespect. No foreigner actually. Uh, she's a great defensive coach. She started her coaching career at Stephen F. Austin, by the way, her college coaching career oh. um, as a grad assistant under Gary Blair. So interesting, interesting background in this one. Um, I love Georgia Tech in, in the way that they, uh, you know, surround Lorella Kubai with shooters. Uh, they also just have a lot of fun names to say. Lodemai Lotman, uh, Loyal McQueen. <laughs> it's like the all names team. You're, I don't know if Jen Hatfield's watching. Yeah, you're stealing, I was about to say, you're stealing Jen's game. <laughs> um, all, all of those can shoot. Um, that being said, though, Stephen F. Austin is is absolutely the real deal. They, they love to, you know, they'll get up after you, impress you after makes. They'll drop back into different defenses. They go man sometimes. They go with a matchup 2-3 zone. I love watching Stephanie Vischer at the top of that press and at the top of that zone, a six-foot guard who just completely gets after you. And still, I don't know how she does this. She averages 1.2 blocks a game as a guard playing on the perimeter of that defense, which makes no sense to me. It's amazing. And on the offensive end, she's an excellent facilitator. She leads a team in assists, and and she's one of the most efficient scorers in the country, 43% from three, 74% at the rim as a guard. And then they bring off the bench my favorite player, maybe in the whole country, Avery Brittingham, who just plays with a bunch of energy, a bunch of joy. She's a fantastic rebounder at six foot off the bench. And she just she's just always having fun, you know. So so Stephen F. Austin is my pick uh to to pull a 12 5 over Georgia Tech. So I I also have this, but I'm getting worried because a lot of people have this. This is one of those. This is one of those. It's like everyone has this 512. And it's like, because we, I think, you know, conceptually, we all want to pick a 512. The 512 is one of the best upsets that happens every year. 413, it's a hit or miss if that ever happens. Uh, a two and a three have never lost in the first round, by the way. I think I'm correct mm-hmm. there, right? You are, uh, you are correct. That is yeah, correct. We have, we've had one. Who, who was the only one seat to ever lose in the first Harvard round? Harvard over Stanford. With, uh, yes. Allison Feaster, leading scorer in the country. Allison Feaster, my girl. So, yeah, that was uh, that was nineteen ninety eight, two days ago, I think. I don't know, but yes, that's the only one seat that's ever lost. But two threes don't happen. We get the four thirteens are great, but a five twelve is just juicy. It's waiting for you. <laughs> and this one, there's a lot of people picking Stephen F. Austin for a lot of the reasons you're saying. Um, right. But Georgia Tech's a, a really good team, man. Like they they played really well in the ACC. They got to the tournament. They were they played against some really good competition in the ACC, which includes Louisville and uh, NC State. I don't know. I mean, you know, they. I just think it, it might be one of those things where we're piling on, and this team is going to start hearing it, and then they're going to respond. So I'm a little worried that our Stephen mm-hmm. F. Austin picks are are going to go to shreds. But now, Christy, <laughs> we get to talk about the thing that we love to talk about. Okay, Maryland. Okay. It, they are a two seed. And that's 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 really good. 
to me, this team has been the best team in the country for a, they they only lost. They haven't lost in what? Um, two months. When was the last time Maryland lost? I don't At even least. know. They lost early, and they lost to Ohio State in January, but I'm not sure of the specific date, but they have not lost since then. This team has been wrecking people. It's not just that they're winning. They are wrecking people throughout the the Big Ten, which is one of the best conferences in the country. They haven't won a game by less than double digits since losing to Ohio State on the 25th. I just looked it up. 25th of January. Ashley Owusu is one of the best players in the country. And she only made third team uh, All-American, which I think is wrong because I don't think there's 10 better players than her in the country. Um, as much as I enjoy Paige Beckers and, and Caitlin Clark, I don't think they're better than Ashley Wusu because she sets up her teammates so well. This team shoots so well from the field because of what a Wusu brings. And Diamond Miller, I want to you know shortchange her. Diamond Miller, those two getting into the lane, those two finding uh, their their outlets. Katie Benson, Chloe Bibby, and, and Mimi Collins. Like they, this is a team that is just perfectly set up to win. Angel mm-hmm. Reese is coming back; she's looking stronger every game. Mm-hmm. I got I got Maryland coming out of this region over South Carolina, which I know is going to make a lot of South Carolina fans mad. Um, but to me, I just think Maryland a they're hot, b they have just like the perfect mixture of talent and C and Christine tell me if this is important or not. Okay. They have that chip on their shoulder. They have the best coaches, the best players are going to put whatever chip they can put on their shoulder. (laughs) They're a two seed. Actually, Wusu's third team, all American. They're going to put that on their shoulder. And Mm -hmm. I think it's going to push them to have a little bit more uh, and get out of this region. Do you agree with me? I agree with that. I just understand what Brenda Freeze has asked of her players and what they have executed. And that has matched, that has meshed. And and that's why she was coach of the year um, by ESPN. Mm -hmm. And you look at everything that they lost from last year. You look at the four seniors, you look at the handful of transfers and no one giving Maryland a chance. And then Maryland turning right back around and winning the big 10 tournament championship. And seven teams are in, for the tournament out of the big 10, five of them ranked in the top 25 all season long and, and six in and out, you know, but when you have a, a conference where you have to do battle night in and night out, they did lose to Ohio state and that was a two point game. So it, it, you know, and I'm not, that's not an excuse. It was a loss. I get it. But at the same time, this is a Maryland team that has tremendous balance in terms of their scoring. Ashley Owusu in the tournament, she was out and only played seven minutes in the first half of the semifinal game but they did not miss a beat and they mm-hmm. still had six players in double figures. Angel Reese, as you said, Gabe, I mean, she came in and had a double double and this is a freshman uh, second highest ranked um, player coming in as a recruit behind Paige Beckers at UConn, but she missed two and a half, three months with the fractured foot. So it's already an adjustment, right? As a freshman to come in and try to find your place within the chemistry of a team that's already developed that. Mm-hmm. But then to come back right before the postseason, I mean, that's even a bigger challenge. That is just a tremendous um, sight to see how confident she is with the, the I guess, the process of putting herself back into it. Um, but I think with, with the way Brenda Freeze has established the mentality of this team, I think it, it's going to be a great battle. And in the last two years, Maryland and South Carolina split, you know, and they played in the, in the non-conference portion of the season. 2019, 
And then the year before in 2018, in the fall, they, you know, Maryland beat South Carolina and then South Carolina came to College Park and beat them last year. And so when you have, um, when you have that too, as a chip, both teams, I mean, Don Staley can also use that, you know, uh, you know, we split the last two times, you know, third time's a charm. Let's, let's go ahead out here and, and get this done. And I love Don Staley. So don't get me wrong on that. And they have changed what they have done philosophy wise in terms of getting the ball inside to Boston over the last stretch of games, they went away from that. And that's why they dropped a couple down the stretch in a regular season play, but they ended up winning the tournament because they went to and through Aliyah Boston on the interior. So that's going to be the challenge. I mean, Maryland has had that kind of a challenge in terms of big post presence inside with Nas Hillman, a 50 point scorer at Mm -hmm. at Michigan, um, who is just a, a beast on the boards and a beast in the paint in terms of getting those paint touches, but they, somehow found a way to bottle her up. So, you know, I'm looking at that kind of defensive attention to detail on the interior by Maryland and what they were able to do with a player like Nas Hillman. I think they're going to be able to take away the touches that Aaliyah Boston wants on the inside. And I think that's going to be an intriguing matchup. But I think Maryland squeaks one out over South Carolina. Uh, Calvin, so we both have Maryland. I want to know who you're picking. But I also kind of want to know, do you think, I mean, obviously every road here is tough. Like there's, there's a lot of good teams this year, but when you look at the top four here with South Carolina, West Virginia, UCLA, Maryland, this is kind of, I think this is maybe the strongest top four in the bracket. I want to know if you agree with that and who you got coming out of here. Yeah. Um, I think it's in terms of that question is either this one or the river walk, which we're going to get to, I think mm-hmm. UConn and Baylor can, in terms of the top two can rival South Carolina and and uh, Maryland, but but I am picking Maryland out of this bracket, not just because we have Christy on the show. Um, <laughs> I I think you know you guys talked about Angel Reese a lot, and we've, we've talked about their their offense and how balanced they are, and how how phenomenal of a job you know Owusu does at running things. I actually think Angel Reese makes a huge impact on the defensive end mm-hmm. since she's come back, and that's an that's an area where this team gets you know gets a lot of hate for. Um, I think everyone agrees that's the best offense in the country. They can score with anyone. They can run up and down with anyone. Uh, but can they get stops is sort of the knock on them. And, and Angel, you know, she's been coming off the bench, bench uh, since she came back. Eight games, I believe, that she's been back. She's been playing 15 to 20 minutes a game. So it's not like she's, you know, in there having necessarily this huge impact for 30, 35 minutes a game. But I don't think she needs to be. And I don't think Maryland needs to be necessarily an elite defensive team. I think they need to be capable you know, uh-huh. and, and Angel Reese, the way that she can, uh, the way that she can rebound on the defensive end, the way that she can affect shots around the rim um, when she comes into the game, really makes them capable enough to get stops. Uh, that that with the way they score the ball, I don't I don't see anyone, especially with Lily Grissett out for the tournament, um, uh-huh. with for South Carolina. You know, I don't, I don't see anyone in this region knocking off Maryland. Um, I'm also, you know, I love a good defense, uh, and you know. People complain, you know, if a game is like 41 to 39 and I'm grabbing my popcorn because I love watching yeah. that kind of game. But in, in terms of winning, I, I am I lean more offense wins championships. Actually, everyone loves to say defense wins championships, but I lean more towards offense in terms of winning. So and I think Maryland has that elite offense and Angel Reese makes their defense enough to when you, when you pair it with the way that they can score from, you know, every spot on the floor from all five positions. Uh, I think they're too tough in this region. To quote uh, the great Pat Summit, rebounding actually wins championships, <laughs> sir. There you go. Um, I don't know if that's true. Okay. But it, Maryland's still like, 
they're for like defensive rating 41st in the country. So they're not like slouching on that end uh, among these teams at the top. Obviously uh, they're, they're more offensively heavy, but man, I, I, I just think they're, they're so together. So we're all on board on Maryland. We're all on board on Stanford in the final four. This is again, <laughs> terrifying. Are we good? Terr- Everybody everybody, all right? <laughs> no one tell Don Staley that this, this live stream slash podcast exists. Yeah. South Carolina no Twitter can be vicious. So uh, I know. I, well, they'll, they'll find us. As long as they don't tell Don Staley, I think we're, we're, our picks are going to be okay. But yeah. no one tell her that this exists because you <laughs> talk about someone putting a chip on their shoulder. She, she's, that, she's that type of coach, mm. and that's why they're so good. So um, I do have them in the Elite Eight, and, man, that game is going to be – that's the game that, like, of all my picks – that is the game I want to have yeah. in South Carolina and Maryland. So let's hope that comes out of the hemisphere. Hemisphere? Hemisphere. It's an actual hemisphere. fair. <laughs> hemisphere. It's an actual fair, I think. I don't know. Uh, I haven't uh, been to San Antonio. But now <laughs> we're heading to a place that we've all seen. Wait, I have a virtual background for this. Riverwalk. Hey. Look at this Good lovely game. river. Much easier to Good. say. Let the river walk. <laughs> to, to quote Charles Barkley, that ain't no river, it's a creek. But regardless, <laughs> we are here in the Riverwalk region. Uh, here we got UConn as the top seed, Baylor as the two seed, littered with fantastic mm-hmm. teams here, Tennessee, Kentucky, Iowa, Syracuse, South Dakota State, High Point. Um, my, I, I do want to mention High Point because before the, the, before the brackets came out, I didn't know that they were going to be a 16 seed. I was like, this is a team that can pull off an upset. I don't know if they can pull off an upset on UConn. I'm not picking that. But I do love High Point. Congrats to them on making their first um, NCAA tournament. My uh, my future father-in-law teaches there. So oh, nice. um, it's also a beautiful campus out there in near Greensboro, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. But we're going to talk about an upset that I have, and I think a lot of people have. Um, I got FGCU and over Michigan, not only do I have them over Michigan, I have them over Tennessee. I have them in the Sweet 16 as an 11 seed. And the reason why is fairly clear. They have Kirsten Bell. Like that, that might be one of the best players in this tournament. She just happens to play for Florida Gulf Coast in the Atlantic Sun region. And I think she can take over a game. Then you add in Tashara Morehouse, who, you know, just, just one of those players, right? Like that. She has the makings of a tournament legend. She's she's a mighty mouse. She she knows she has all the little tricks. She knows how to play big despite her size. I just love what she can bring as a point guard on this team. So that's why I got FGCU. Calvin, you also have FGCU at least in the first round, right? I do. I, I don't have them in the Sweet 16. I'm not getting quite that bold, but I love. I was actually listening to that podcast you did with the uh, oh Amy, cat comes into the picture. That's Dewey. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Welcome, welcome to the show, Dewey. Um, I, I was listening to that podcast, Gabe, that you did with Amy, where you uh, give high points and love. I appreciated that, but uh, but also where you, I love the analogy you used um, for TK Morehouse, their, their little point guard, a scat back, like in football, right? Yeah, um, I think is what you call her, which is which is an excellent analogy. Um, but Kirsten Bell, uh, I don't know if people know this, they're actually twenty four and zero with her in the lineup. She didn't play those mm-hmm. two games at the beginning of the year when they lost, um, in that what the Gulf Coast. It was the, uh, the beach bubble. Uh, and they lost to Missouri State. That's right. 
Missouri State plug was, in. And it was Arkansas, I think. In, yeah, uh, Missouri State. Those are four and five seeds. Those are the only two teams they lost to all season long, and they almost and beat Arkansas. And they didn't Arkansas. have Christian Bell in those games. She was waiting for her NCAA waiver to be approved, which it did get approved in the 24 hours after the Arkansas game. She came back. They haven't lost since. And by the way, her waiver was because she transferred from Ohio State. So she has a lot of hatred for Michigan. This is a good matchup for her to, you know, you talk about someone playing with a chip. Um, I also just love as an analytics guy. I do, I don't, do either of you know this question? Okay. For FGCU, how many mid-range jumpers have they taken all season? I will be impressed if either of you know the answer. Between 15 feet in the three-point line. You got it, Gabe. I don't know if it's a lot or a little based on the tone of your question. I'm going to go four. You are, you are very close. The answer is seven. It's basically the same number that Caitlin Clark takes every game by herself. They've taken seven mid range jumpers all year. It's the quintessential analytics, Maury ball team for anyone who follows the NBA. They take half their shots from three, half their shots from the rim and they don't shoot anywhere in between. They love to get out and run. I don't know how they don't turn it over with the way that they run, but they don't turn it over. And on defense as well, they can they can really lock you down. They get they're great on the defensive glass, but they also force a lot of turnovers. Put those two together, that's a lot of live ball stops, steals and defensive rebounds, live ball stops. They have as many live ball stops as anyone in this tournament except for UConn and Baylor, um, and I believe Troy actually per game. Which when you have a transition game as dangerous as theirs is, live ball stops are huge. So so I think they're dangerous on both ends of the floor. Like I said, TK Morehouse can can really she's that type of player who's a feel good, you know, player to watch in March. Little uh, whatever you call her, Mighty Mouse. Kirsten Bell's got the chip on her shoulder, and she's uh, she's front front runner probably for our Becky Hammond uh, mid major player of the year. Um, so so I'm I'm on the bandwagon too, although not quite to the extent that you are. I'm not putting them in the Sweet 16, but I wouldn't be shocked if they get there. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think, I mean, I love I like Tennessee, um, but you know. I don't know. I, I just, I have a, you got to get a feeling right. And I love FGCU and I want to see some madness. All right. Let, let's toss it to our big 10 analyst with her literal, literal big 10, despite her playing her entire career in the ACC where Maryland belongs. We're going to toss it to our big 10 analyst, Christy winter Scott to tell us, I'm assuming you have Michigan, Winning, which is a fair viewpoint considering they're the sixth seed with one of the best scores in the country. It's super tough because I tell you what, I love me some Carl Semesco. First of all, mm-hmm. I coached with him. We were on the same staff at Maryland as assistant okay. coaches back in the day. Um, shared like a, a view of the hallway and his office was right across the hall. Uh, so I, I have uh, a ton of respect and, and uh, reverence for what he's been able to do at Florida Gulf Coast. And that's where he, he went from Maryland and went and took the head coaching job there. But he has done such a tremendous job with that program, uh, top to bottom. Just He has had coaches um, on his staff who have gone on to be uh, head coaches other places. So he's planting the proper seeds in the game. But but when it, but <laughs> <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Is. is everything to the right of, but that's what I, I learned a, lot, a long time ago, <laughs> but uh, you know, with, with Michigan. And I understand that, you know, you were talking about the confidence and, you know, the chemistry of the team Gabe, and how important that is to be playing your best basketball right now. They're really not playing their best basketball right now. I think with, when they had that two week pause, that was not any fault of their own. 
right? It was when Michigan went down for two mm-hmm. weeks. The entire athletic department went down for two weeks. I think after that, they have really taken some time to get back to what they were doing earlier in the season. I mean, they were in top 12 uh, in the country and playing great basketball, had won, I think, nine or 10 games in a row and really had strong momentum. And then they had those hiccups of pause here, a pause there, uh, not being able to play um, when Rutgers was out. And it was just like this up and down uh, push-pull of the season. And then I think also, you know, the, the top 16 reveal when they weren't in that first one, you know, they were fired up about that and felt that they should have been in there. And I think they should have been in there. And that's not me, you know, wearing Big Ten thing or anything. I think just overall looking at the net ratings and everything, I thought that that they deserve that. And I think the second one, you know, they had hit like that pitfall of having a two week pause and then coming back and kind of being disjointed and uh, kind of yeah. lost the chemistry and the flow that they had. So. Nas Hillman is going to be a problem, but she needs help. And I will say that um, out loud. I mean, Amy Dilk needs to play better for Michigan. And she has just uh, not been able to turn the corner. And I think that's the player we're kind of all waiting on to make a difference for the Wolverines. So I, I love what Michigan is capable of doing. But my question will remain, can they get back on track? Can Nas Hillman have help? And not have to have the, you know, the 50 points. And and let's not forget, I mean, she had those 50 points against Ohio State, but Ohio State beat Michigan in that game. I mean, she was 20 for 30 from the floor. She had 16 boards, but she needs someone else to step up with her. And I love Nas Hillman. I mean, she's player of the year in the conference for a reason. I voted for her um, for player of the year because I just thought that, you know, her body of work from her freshman year to now, I mean, she has really drawn all eyes and all kinds of defensive uh, schemes against her, but she's still able to score 25, 26 a game and, and lead the conference in scoring with 12 boards a game. So she's a problem, but mm-hmm. she needs help. And I know I'm wavering here and I know you need an answer. Um, but Gabe, you know me well, it takes me a minute. Uh, I mean, Florida Gulf Coast does have the momentum right now, but they're not playing against teams in the big 10. And I have to, I'm going to go with, with Michigan on this because I think they have, like you said, a chip now on their shoulder. They didn't do as well as they wanted to in the tournament and they didn't have the the momentum and the the trending upward that they wanted at the end of the season, but now we've changed the the page. And I think it's it's a clean start for Michigan, although I I love Carl Semesco and, you know, Kirsten Bell down there is has just been a terror for teams in that conference, but the Big 10 conference is tough. And it's going to be close. I think it's going to be close. And Michigan has to take care of the ball. And Michigan has to have help from Amy Dilk and others. And uh, the Browns, Leah Brown's got to come on. You know, Haley Brown's got to come on. They they need four or five players in double figures. And they have to have less than 10 turnovers, period, and in order to win. So if those stats don't match up, then I'm going with Florida. <laughs> so if things don't go your way, you're going to you're pick one. Pick. No, I, I, exactly. you, you know, I think what's compelling is there is – you know, as much as I, I I enjoy momentum, I like talking about that because yeah. I like thinking that the conference performance matters, and, and it does. But you, yeah. there are some teams that you can hit the reset button and you say, hey, guess what? Whatever happened does not matter anymore. Whatever's happened the last two weeks, the last month, whatever, it right. does not matter anymore. We're in a new season because that's where you start. The, this season, everyone's 0-0. You can have a number beside your name, and that can mean something – or cannot, right? Like there, I think, 
I think that it, that is compelling that you can just, some teams can just hit a reset button and say, we're going to get going now. Um, as far as the rest of the bracket, and also just want to point out, FGCU is another one of those teams that is scary to me because now a lot of people are on the FGCU train. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, whatever, I'm going st- to stick by them. Um, maybe I should pick high point. I don't know. I'm not going to pick high point. Uh, <laughs> even though Gino, Gino is at home um, with, with Kobe. They shoot the bet. They they shoot the most threes in the country. I mean, like that's twenty five and three point percentage is all about it too. So, oh wow, this is uh, anything can happen. This is a little bit like a UMBC, right? That, that has a little bit of that <laughs> twinge to it. Not quite Harvard, because Harvard. The thing about the Harvard Stanford game was like Harvard had no business being a sixteen seed. <laughs> Someone just right. put them yeah. there because they didn't wow. really watch them that year. And it's like if you actually paid attention to Harvard in that. 98 season like they they were way better than 16 seasons. Well, so I digress. Two injuries too. It would be it would be like this game if you took out Olivia Nelson Odota and Paige. Yeah, Rivers. yeah, yeah. I think I think that'd be it'd be a, a bigger problem. Gino yeah. is not there. Uh, Gino has COVID. He's at home, uh, asymptomatic. He's feeling healthy. Uh, he's actually vaccinated. So a reminder that even if you have the vaccine, you gotta wait those whatever. I think it's like 15 days for robust mm-hmm. immunity. 29 days. For um, for full immunity, so be careful. Still, we're still in this time, um, yeah. but I still think UConn's gonna win their one sixteen matchup. <laughs> um, yeah. Is there Calvin? Is there anywhere else you you are interested in? Because the the game I'm circling here in the second round, actually, the the whole UConn bracket's pretty interesting to me because South Dakota State's a good team. Syracuse is a good team. Whoever they play in the second round is also gonna be a tough matchup. I also think that Iowa. If if these two teams make it, first off, because Iowa has to beat Central Michigan, which is not a cakewalk. But if right. Iowa advances, uh, Kentucky advances, we have a game between two of the best players in the country, uh, between Caitlin Clark and Ryan Howard. And then whoever comes out of there and plays UConn in the elite in the uh, Sweet 16 is going to be a tremendous matchup. So in that uh, play in that bracket with UConn, all these teams I just mentioned, which matchup are you interested in, and who do you see? Um, getting to the elite eight there from from that top half of the Riverwalk bracket. Uh, I'm going with UConn. I know it's boring, but I mean they've been, in my opinion, the best team all year. Um, I I do love that. You know, I don't think the committee does these things on purpose, but that they sort of set up these made-for-TV matchups with mm-hmm. with Caitlin Clark versus Ryan Howard, and the winner of that game potentially, like you said, Central Michigan is one of the best mid-major programs in the country year after year. So. We shouldn't just assume that we're even going to get that game. But if we do, the winner of that game versus Paige Beckers, especially if it's Caitlin Clark and we get to settle the best freshman debate between the lines. I think everyone wants to see that. Um, I think UConn just has too much. Um, And, you know, we love to talk about Paige Beckers all the time, and rightfully so. You know, I'm not here for any of the Paige Beckers hate. But we don't talk enough about some of these supporting pieces that they have. And, you know, Kristen Williams, Avina Westbrook, uh, we already mentioned – Olivia Nelson Adota, uh, Aubrey Griffin is a phenomenal athlete. Um, I think they really, it's just maybe the most complete team in all of basketball. They have all the pieces. Uh, and then of course there's also Paige Beckers who is shooting a thousand percent from three as the <laughs> primary ball handler, which makes That's no sense. Awesome. That's a, she's putting up spot up shooter numbers as the primary yeah. ball handler, almost yeah. Katie Benson three point shooting numbers mm-hmm. as the primary ball handler, which is mind blowing. So I don't think anyone in the top half of the region is getting getting past this UConn team. I got Kentucky because oh. Iowa, 
I want madness. I just want it. I want, you know, I, I, this was the bracket where I was like, you know what? It's March. Like crazy stuff's going to happen. Maybe Ryan Howard just says, I'm going to win this thing on my own. Uh, but overall, I mean, I don't, I had UConn there for a while. I was just like, I want to be, maybe it's just me trying to be different with FGCU in the, in the sweet 16 and uh, UConn in the, I mean, uh, Kentucky and the elite eight let's and, and flipping over to the bottom half, like Tennessee Baylor, those teams are excellent. Uh, they could get hot and win this, win this region as well. I think you, you mentioned it when we were talking in the hemisphere region, like this is also in terms of top four teams, just one of the strongest places on the bracket. I think whoever comes out of here is going to be a really strong team. Um, I have Baylor going to the final four here. Christy, who do you have coming out of the Riverwalk region? Oh man, the Riverwalk region. I mean, we didn't get that, that Baylor UConn game earlier this year. And that is a shame because that would be easier to answer this question. Um, Had we had that game happened but you know Baylor went on that pause during that time I I don't know that's just a tough one I think with UConn not having any seniors I think could be um, the difference maker in that game so I'm going to give the edge to Baylor just because I feel that you know as much as confidence and and trending upward gives you uh, that extra lift that you need in postseason play. So does experience. And I think with Baylor players, even though no one played last year, and I get it before you all start saying nobody played last year. No, (laughs) but there are players on that Baylor team who played in a national championship game. Um, Mm -hmm. There are players who won. There are players who um, went through the process of of a tournament. And with seven freshmen on this UConn team, they don't, they don't understand necessarily what that process is like not to say they can't succeed anyway Mm -hmm. because we saw Maryland win in 06 with freshmen and sophomores so you know I'm not making an excuse or or ripping or throwing shade so before anybody starts making (laughs) so I have to block there's that for clarification but um but with that being said I think the edge goes to Baylor because of their experience factor and um I believe that with the freshmen that UConn has they're going to give them a test and, and they can use that as a chip if they want to, and that's fine. But Baylor, I think, will will come out on top in that matchup between those two. All right, Calvin, who you got? So we both – oh, God, we're agreeing too much. We're agreeing too much. <laughs> so yeah. you, I, I, you, did you, I don't know if you made it clear, but I think you have UConn coming out of this region. You know – Oh, God. Christy's swaying me. I mean, I don't know. This is this is the toughest one for me to pick. I mean, I love UConn for all the reasons I mentioned, but I'm not sure if there's a better front court duo in the country than Melissa Smith and, and Queen Egbo. And Melissa Smith's a freak. She's so athletic. He's mm-hmm. the first team all uh, I don't know if you guys saw the other day. She did have basically had an alley-oop and did the you know dunk on know. thing. And, and it, was, it was like oh. – <laughs> so It's just – I don't even know how to describe it. it it's just cool to watch – the things that she does on both ends of the floor and the way she, the way she runs the floor. I also think Baylor is really a consistent team. I think um, Mm -hmm. they are who they are. They don't take a lot of threes, which is a good thing when you're, when you're a high level favorite, because you uh, you're not as prone to those off nights, those Mm -hmm. cold, because if you're going to win a national championship, you've got to win six games in a row. That's really hard to do. And if you're going to win six games in a row, you can't have an off night. You can't, you can't be caught, you know, on a cold shooting night. 
Baylor doesn't really have, ever have that because they don't take threes. They have cable shooters, but they don't take threes. They they love to run those box sets, you know, with yeah. uh, with DD at the point and and two high posts, two low posts, you know, just four people pounded in. Um, and it's it's beautiful old school basketball in a way. Um, and then there's DD Richards too. I, I've, she's growing on me a lot this year at oh, on yeah. offense as the point guard. Um, yeah. And also on defense, she's a lockdown defender. I really hope we get to see her face, uh, you know, UConn to, to see her match up with Paige Beckers on, on that end of the floor. Mm. I think uh, she's a lockdown defender with length, which is key because Paige Beckers is obviously a lengthy guard herself. So yeah. I don't know. Uh, we've agreed on everything so far. Come so on now. To take UConn, but I also, I can't take all the one seats too. I, mean, I did take Maryland already, but I, I think I have to go with Baylor. Great. So we're all in agreement so far. Yeah, final we four. Agree on the last one, though. Yeah, I okay. promise you that. At least, at least I know you and I don't agree. I have no idea where Christie's going in the last. One. <laughs> I, I got Stanford. So we got Stanford, Maryland, and Baylor. All three of us <laughs> on a public platform picking three of the same <laughs> final four. This is going to go great. This is going to go great for sure. No, it's fine. Uh, it's fine. Maybe, but, maybe, um, yeah. Hopefully our sound is still off, so no one heard it. I know. So, <laughs> so, don't so worry. This is a... or if they find these, you know, there's no. <laughs> well, they have to listen well. to a podcast. I'm not. I mean, I don't know. Gino's at home, so <laughs> he might be. <laughs> he might be listening. Oh, I mean, I know Chrissy. I know. I know you talk to Dawn Staley sometimes. Don't tell her about this podcast. I know. I'm I want, not. I don't want her hearing about this. I tap her shoulder from time to time, but I will not <laughs> be tapping her shoulder about this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move down the the last region that we will be talking about in the last region of the tournament before we get to the final four. Uh, I'm gonna move over to the Mercado. Ooh, Mercado. Mercado. Our, that means that means market. This is a marketplace. Yeah, um, yeah. beautiful. <laughs> uh, let Let's talk about this because this is. Oh, this kind of bracket like I'm not the most sure on. The other ones I have very strong feelings, as I've said. Um, here, I mean, in the first round, I kind of want to go like, I, 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 sorry, let's start. I love Alicia Clark. We've talked about this here in the space and on many spaces. Alicia Clark's one of my favorite players in the league. Now she plays for the Washington Mystics, which is great because now I get to watch her, uh, every single night. Uh, and so in that vein, I picked Belmont over Gonzaga because that was the school that <laughs> Alicia Clark went to before transferring to Middle Tennessee State. I couldn't, I couldn't get quite get to Middle Tennessee State over Tennessee, even though I think that's going to be a really good game. Yeah. Um, I picked Belmont over Gonzaga. That's my big upset in the first round. Everything else is kind of chalk. I have Washington State oh, eight, uh, 9 over 8. Um, but it, it this region to me, and let's go. I'll go Calvin first. It just feels a little weird. You know, our top four seeds are NC State, Texas A&M, who are two of the best teams in the country with probably some of the best wins in the country. Then you got Arizona at three, Iowa at four. You got Rutgers thrown in here. You got a Gonzaga team at the top that I'm picking against in the first round. So it's like, I just feel weird here. Uh, so Calvin, do you also feel weird? And do you have any big first round upsets? Yeah, honestly, that I had the same thing written down here that uh, I think this region region is going to be the chaos region. You know, there's always one region where it's basically all chalk, and then there's another region where mm-hmm. everything just you got your bracket has red X's all over the place, and <laughs> and that's that's this region to me. I I don't think we're going to get a one or a two seed in the final four in this region, which has been five years since that happened, since someone below 
a two seed made the final four. Sure. I think Arizona has a good shot. I think Rutgers has a good shot. They have to meet up in the second round if they both get there. But I think the winner of that game is a really good sleeper pick to make the final four. Um, I also I have an upset pick uh, in the second round of this this one as well. I have Iowa State over Texas A and M. Interesting. Um, Iowa State, they're one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country. By the way, they have a chance to be the best free-throw shooting team ever in the history of college basketball. They're 83.1% right now. The record is 83.2 for Idaho in 2008. So they got a chance to break that record, which when you get into these close games in March, you know how important it is to make your free throws. Um, they're, you know, they run a lot of five out, but they're really, they're really versatile. Uh, Ashley Jones can, you know, mm-hmm. she, she can play back to the basket if you put a smaller guard on her, but she can bring the ball up the floor and, and shoot the three. Uh, I think Texas A&M hasn't really guarded the arc very well this year, and I think they've kind of gotten away with it. Um, I don't think they're going to get away with it for four, five, six games in this tournament. I think someone is going to get hot against them and knock them off. If it's not Iowa State, it's going to be Arizona or Rutgers in the Sweet 16. Um, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm 100% with you. This is this is sort of the chaos region. So, wait, do you also have Rutgers? I have, I have Rutgers over Arizona. Mainly because, like, I, I don't want to – I mean, I respect to Arizona. Great team. Ari McDonald's a great player. I am picking at Steve Evans Trigger when, when her team's doing well and they're feeling good. Do you have Rutgers over Arizona as well? Uh, I don't. I actually do have Arizona, which, you know, I hate this matchup because I think both of these teams have a lot of potential to, to go really deep. Rutgers is playing as well as, as anyone. I think that since they came off that month-long pause – uh, they're, they're really, I think a top 10 team in the country. They're seated more like a top 25 team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arella Garantes came back to school for this. She didn't come back to school for, you know, the Rutgers cafeteria food or to mess around or anything <laughs> like that. She came back to school to play in March. And so she is going to be ready to go. Um, and I think, I mean, she, what is she averaging? Like 25, five, two steals and two blocks. Obviously everyone on that team averages a bunch of steals with the pressure that they put on you. Um, the one thing that makes me question my Arizona pick, though, is, uh, you know, when I look at these March games, the second, fourth, and sixth games, right, are the short turnaround games where you only mm-hmm. have 36 or 48 hours to scout. Rutgers is a really hard scout on short notice with the with the, the way they play defense and the way that they, they come after you and pressure you, um, you know, sometimes for 94 feet. So <laughs> I do think it'll be really, really tough, um, more so in the second game, uh, you know, against Arizona than in the first game where they've had all week to prepare for that. However, I, I love what Adia Barnes has done with this Arizona program. They won six yeah. games. I think it was four years ago. It's a remarkable turnaround. Aaron McDonald is uh, another little scat back, uh, fun player to watch. And Sam Thomas. She's is, a little bit more than a scat back though. You know, like we're, <laughs> she, 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 she got a lot. Impactful. That's fair. But in terms of, in terms of watching her run circles around everyone and no one can stay in front of her because of how quick she is. Um, she's uh she gives me those sort of those sort of vibes of uh, I mean, maybe it's just me. I love those type of players in March, you know, because uh, they're not. It doesn't make sense that they're good, you know, when they're four foot two or whatever. <laughs> and uh, then they just come out and start balling everyone up. Uh, so so I'm on the Ari McDonald bandwagon. I'm also on the Sam Thomas bandwagon. I think she just brings a toughness to this mm-hmm. team. And uh, she plays a lot bigger than she is at six foot. But she can really switch one through five. Uh, she knocks down threes. My, my biggest question mark with Arizona is. Really what Christy was talking about with Michigan, you know, uh, Leah Brown is a, is a capable scorer, but is Nas Hillman going to get help? Is th- This team can lock you down, no question. Uh, is Aaron McDonald going to get help on the offensive end, though? Sometimes she has to carry the load herself, you know, scoring the basketball, facilitating. Is, is she going to get help 
in that regard. If they can have one or two other players step up and give them maybe 15, knock down a few shots, with it, which I think Sam Thomas is capable of, uh, Shayna Pellington is capable of. They haven't shown it you know, consistently throughout the year. But if they can, I actually think this team can make the Final Four. This is going to be my pick huh. for the Final Four, by the way, which is why I know we're not agreeing. I know oh. we don't have Arizona in the Final Four. Saucy. I know you've picked Rutgers in okay. the Saucy. So, I mean, I think that Rutgers Arizona game is going to have that rock fight potential that you're talking about. So, this is a game for Calvin. Um, It's going to be it's going to be a rock fight, and you know, enjoy it, guys. This is March. You're supposed to enjoy the differences. Uh, But Chrissy, I thought the thing that Calvin brought up that was interesting was those short turnaround games because obviously in the tournament, like he was saying, you have a week to prepare for game one. You have two day. You have a two days max, right? You have, I mean, it's basically one day to prepare for game two. And we talked about this on courtside last week. Like that's difficult for a coach because there's a there's an opportunity to both overthink it and underthink it. So as as a coach and and in your experience as a player in this tournament, mm-hmm. what do you think you do? Like do you, do you just like is it do you kind of treat that weekend like a conference tournament where it's like we're just gonna have to be us and and play, or do you try to do you try to change things up a little bit? I think it's a little bit of both. And when you're talking about changing things up a little bit, I think that's just uh, paying attention to the details, what you want to take away from the teams that you're going to play, but that's not changing what got you there. Okay. To be clear on that. But I think with the way every single team in the tournament has had to play this year, I mean, I know in the big 10 in particular, you're playing every other day and it was almost like a pro schedule. So I think they're ready in that regard, to get the quick turnaround, technology is your best friend <laughs> during this time. But I think with a team like Rutgers, like you said, Calvin, I mean, they're a team that has four players who average two or more steals a game. And we're talking about the balance on the offense that Maryland has or, you know, Stanford has and, and Baylor. I mean, the balance on this defensive end for Rutgers is just the top of the list when it comes to the intensity that you're going to feel. I know. Um, in talking to coaches who are going to play Rutgers, <clears throat> excuse me, they have put, you know, seven or eight players on the floor against the starting five to simulate the, the just flurry of, of attention and hands and feet everywhere. Um, and that's what they're going to see with just five players for Rutgers. So I think when you have, um, you know, more time to go against something like that, you, you have more composure when you're under pressure. And that's what Rutgers is going to bring you. But I truly want to see that matchup. Um, that's the one mm-hmm. I have circled, um, the Arizona Rutgers uh, matchup in that, that um, side of the bracket. I think it's going to be really intriguing to watch. Um, Adia Barnes is a fantastic coach. But I think the game within the game in that contest is going to be Arilla Garantes making her way back, you know, after flirting a little bit with the WNBA. And then McDonald saying that she's – already going to go ahead and Mm -hmm. this is my last time in an Arizona uniform this season and this is it for me so I want to see the battle of wills between those two young ladies Um, I definitely want to see the game obviously but there are layers to that right I think that you know when you have um, the postseason play I mean every game could be your last game but I think that's been on the table for every single team like you know every other night playing a game has been right this could be our last game we could be put on a pause and we won't be able to get to the tournament and we've seen that now on the men's side with, with teams not being able to compete. So I think they already understand that level of mentality. And I think that is going to be kind of a, a contrast in 
and styles uh, for a lot of teams in this bracket, like you said, uh, the bracket of chaos on this side or the region of chaos. But I want to see I want to see that game and what that looks like, rock fight or not. I, I want to see who comes out <laughs> between those two teams. And it's going to be a battle of wills. And, you know, Rutgers is going to bring that defense and, and Ken McDonald get that help that she needs. I mean, she's had she's had the help when they've done well in stretches. But when they have lost games like against Stanford, you know, she didn't have that help. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how that one pans out. And now we'll all see BYU completely ruin that in the first weekend <laughs> and or Stony Brook. Like, and they'll, it's just fait accompli. Like something bad. But something bad's going to happen to our bracket. We've been too much agreement, <laughs> too much excitement about a lot of these games. Okay. Sure. I have, I have NC state coming out of this region, NC state, Texas A&M in my elite eight. Uh, I have Indiana and um, Rutgers filling out the sweet 16 on this bracket. Indiana, NC State, I flirted with putting Indiana in the Elite Eight because I think they match up really well with NC State. Um, mm-hmm. I just think, and you know, I, I've seen when you see a ceiling like yeah. NC State has showed, I just can't go against that. And, and when I'm picking a bracket, I'm kind of going more on ceiling. And in mm-hmm. fairness, Texas A&M also has that ceiling. Um, right. So we know Calvin, Calvin's pick is, is Arizona coming out of this region, right? That is correct. Okay, Chrissy, who you got? So now we have finally have disagreement here. That's going to be a disagreement. That's another disagreement on on the way from me. Okay, um, I, I'm going to go with with NC State. Uh, I just think that they have just played uh, very consistently on the effort side mm-hmm. of things. But I also think that you know when you're talking about Kunane, I don't think she's getting the respect that she has needed. And mm-hmm. I think you're talking about a chip on a shoulder. I think that she's going to be the one to uh, kind of row that boat, if you will, for NC State and and lead them where they want to go. And I mean, it's going to be a tough, tough bracket right here, a tough region for sure. I'm just looking at at what that looks like down the road for them. But I just think that they're battle tested um, for being in the ACC. I think that um, that Wes has gotten them prepared for this moment. And I think they're going to show and prove. Uh, uh, so we're we're in agreement. Calvin's on the outside, um, which is good. <laughs> but you can, we, need, Calvin. <laughs> we, we need we need a bracket. We need a, like a, a balance here. Um, let's talk about the final four. Uh, so we're how many? Oh wow, we are really close to the final four. It's March seventeenth. It's going to be happening on April second. Um, oh, crazy, right. crazy stuff. But we got on one side. We all have Stanford versus Maryland. Mm-hmm. In a game that I can't express how excited to you I would be if this happens, um, especially like right at like we get if we got South Carolina Maryland and then Stanford Maryland like that's a dream scenario for any basketball fan. Uh, and on the other side, Christy and I have Baylor NC State. Calvin has Baylor Arizona. Let's start with Stanford Maryland. Mm-hmm. Calvin, give me a key. If this game happens, give me a key to it and who you who you're picking. Uh, I mean, the key, I think, is going to be Maryland, you know, how how they slow down Haley Jones. You know, we, mm-hmm. we talked about Maryland on the defensive end, maybe being better than people think, especially with Angel Reese back. But I'm still not sure if they really have an answer for Haley Jones in transition. No one has an answer for Maryland in transition either. But uh, the way that Haley Jones at her size can run the floor um, and and create offense, you know, in, in full court and, and in the half court, too, um, that's going to be the key to me. I'm picking Stanford 
in this game. Uh, you know, I already talked about it. I just think it's incredible what they've done without being able to play in their own court for most of the year. Uh, obviously, Tara Vanderveer, you know, broke the wins record early in the year. They have a little bit of a storybook vibe going for them. Um, I'm, I'm putting Stanford in a championship game. Okay. <laughs> Boos are ringing out from, <laughs> Sorry, from, you from, Northern, from Northern Virginia. <laughs> we, you I, can hear that? Oh, I thought it was just. I had to I disagree on something else, too. <laughs> <laughs> from, oh, let me get out of Mercado. We're not in the Mercado region. I'm going I'm to take myself out of this. Um, yeah, booze are ringing out from the uh, from Northern Virginia as Christy. Yeah, Christy can tell you. She she disagrees, but Christy, yeah. tell me why you disagree. Why you think Maryland could take Stanford? Um, and just for a second, like the coaching matchup here, incredible. Oh. Supreme. I mean, Jeff's kiss. Jeff's this kiss. Is, this is amazing. Tar Vanderbeer, <laughs> Brenda Freeze. Um, yes. But the, so, Christy, tell me why you disagree. Because I, I agree. I, I have Maryland moving on, but that's not, I'm not important here. Christy, tell me why right. you disagree. I just think they have too many weapons. I just think that, you know, and it's and it's on a consistent basis with Maryland with the six players who average in double figure scoring and the way that they have been able to play deep. And yes, Stanford is a defensive juggernaut in terms of what they do on that side of the floor. Mm -hmm. So it will be a challenge. And Maryland has been challenged by tough defensive teams like Rutgers, like Indiana, you know, in the Big Ten. And they've been able to come out on top. So when you have uh, been battle tested, as I already said about some other teams, when you have been challenged by tough teams in, in your conference and you've come out on top there, um, almost just one left. With the cherry on top with Angel Reese, uh, providing that length on the year. And I know that she hasn't had a lot of continuity and, and chemistry development with her team, especially on the defensive end. But she is successful on the floor more times than she's not. And you know, she's just a, a snap late, some rotations. But everything else for Maryland. And I just think that, you know, with, with Ashley Owusu leading the way, and with Diamond Miller playing the best basketball that I have seen her play in her short two-year career at Maryland, I think that she is going to be an X factor for Maryland's success. Uh, can she do what she did in the Big Ten tournament, which was become you know the, the most valuable player in, in the tournament? Um, and I think she split that with Awusu. I think I saw that um, mm -hmm. after the tournament was over. But anyway, I just think that they have so many different players who can hurt you in so many different ways. They spread the floor. I mean, if Mimi Collins who came into the tournament shooting uh, or making only 10 threes and then banged down like three or four threes in the championship game. I was, I was like, wow, they have another player who can stretch the floor shooting 75% in the first half from three, like three for four from three. I'm like, mm -hmm. wow. Okay. Mimi Collins and go off. But I, you know, you just don't know um, the, the, the whole impact that this Maryland team can have on you. And they just come at you wave after wave of, of offensive firepower and they share the basketball. And I think it's not just one player trying to get theirs. It's, you know, everybody yeah. making the extra pass to the extra pass. And, and that's the beauty of their game. And I just think they just have so many holes in the boat for Stanford to try to put a hand over that they're going to have a, a problem with it. So Stanford is tough though. I mean, don't, I, no slouch. I love Tara Vanderbilt. I spoke with her, you know, coming into this season before they were, in the hotel for um, weeks at a time because of the um, COVID 
in their county and they couldn't play at home. But I just know that, you know, she. she so. Now. I don't know it's not going to be some blowout game where Maryland's going to score over 100 points again because of Stan- Stanford's defense. I, I, yeah, I, I think it's going to be, you know, Stanford's defense is going to give them some trouble. Um, but I think that, you know, they're going to find their way through it. And I think they'll still have five or six players in double figure scoring in that game. And I think they obviously have to keep their turnovers down in that contest, but they've done a good job with that this season as well. So I think Maryland on top, by a smidge in that contest yeah. just because of their weapons. You know, I have a hot, I have a really hot take here. Hot take. Katie Benson, Katie Benson is going to hit a game winner. I don't know if it's like going to be a buzzer beater. Okay. I'm not necessarily sure, but Katie Benson's going to hit a game winner in this game. Hey, can we, can we save that clip? I can, I <laughs> can, can we save, save that clip? I'll, save that I'll only, clip. I'll only, yeah, I'll only send it out like it. April 2nd if it comes true. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we got to run that back. We're running yeah, back. over 50% from three. So. She's a killer. If you, you're going to, you're going to have cool. to choose, right? Cause it's going to be, I mean, I'm just like imagining here, right? Like it's going to be uh, Ashley Wusu getting into the lane or Diamond Miller. Perhaps maybe it's a fast break situation. I don't know, but like the person that is going to be some, somewhat open is going to be Katie Benson. I'm guessing it's not gonna be in the corner. I'm I'm gonna say Katie Benson from like right right at the break, three pointer to win the game. Not sure it's gonna be a buzzer beater, really but I just have have this have this visual in my head. Have this visual a, in my a, head. A, a Christy Tolliver esque moment for Maryland again, like '06, like when she hit that you know, three. Yeah, it, I couldn't imagine two more different players though than Christy I mean, Tolliver and Katie Benson. But here though, here <laughs> though is the same though. No, it is. It is. It is. Uh, no, I think. I think it's. I think that's true. I think it's true. They they both have that little. Uh, you know, Katie Katie's a little 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 tough. A little tough. Um, let's move over to the other side. So we have I we have Maryland. Calvin wrongly has Stanford. Um, let's move over to the other side. So we got Baylor, <laughs> NC State, Baylor, Arizona. Um, so for me, I have NC state moving on to the national title game. Uh, I love, you know, the, the points you brought up about Baylor Calvin, I thought were very salient. They have a great front court. And if there's a front court that could stand up to, um, Cunane and Jones and, and all and the great team that NC state has, I think it is Baylor, but I don't know. I just think there's a little bit, a little bit of a team of destiny. It, you know, I don't want, I don't want to say that because they're a one seed. So it's not like they're Cinderella or something, but they kind of have that team of destiny feel like, you know, they, they've had those opportunities to prove themselves. They've proved themselves in, in an unfamiliar environment. They've showed that they can um, come together in those tough moments and win a game. And to me, I just, and, and Baylor has, you know, all the shots to Baylor, obviously they're the defending national champions. I don't know. I just, I just have a feeling, and this is not going to be backed up by stats or anything, that NC State over Baylor. Um, but I'm going to turn it over to Christy first, just because Uh-oh. I know you have, you're going to have, you have to talk about Arizona. But Christy, do you, do you have uh, NC State or Baylor? This is tough for me. I, I think I have Baylor in that one, and I just think they, you know, like Maryland. I mean, I think they just have some weaponry. With the NCAA tournament experience from the year before last, 
I think that's going to carry them over the hump. Okay. So Baylor, Baylor on to the final. Got two, two seeds for Christy. Um, Alvin, talk about something. Uh, yeah. All right. I'm going to assume you asked me about my matchup. So I'm going to go with Baylor. I think, I mean, Arizona, you know, it's great. It's going to be, I don't know if you call it Cinderella as a three seed, but in the final four or Cinderella, um, going to end in the final four. One thing that Arizona struggles with, in addition to obviously, uh, providing offensive help on a consistent area, I think they're, they're undersized, uh, you know, um, they, they, you know, they have a lot of quickness and a lot of toughness. I mentioned St. Thomas Trinity Baptiste, the six foot, uh, plays, plays a lot bigger and tougher than, than the six foot, you know, flat as well. Um, but Baylor just comes at you with size, just size on size. They're one of those teams. And, uh, I just think their length is going to be too much for Arizona in this matchup, both in the backcourt and in the front court. Um, I think, you know, the rebounding is going to be a huge factor. Baylor relentless on the offensive glass, getting second opportunities and, I think that I, th- I don't think Arizona is going to be able to slow them down, uh, you know, on, on that in that regard. So I'm going with Baylor to advance to the championship game. Let's talk about the national title game. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> we have so uh, I think all right. I'll go first because now we all have three different matchups. This is fantastic, guys. This means at least one of us will be right, maybe uh, until FGCU <laughs> makes it all the way to. Don't say that. Yeah, FGCU to the title game. All right, but I so I have Maryland, NC State, um, and I'm going with Maryland because that's I mean I've made this very clear. I think they're the best team in the country, um, and you know I think the difference here, and we talked about at the beginning, is going to be Angel Reese. Angel Reese coming back gives me a lot more confidence that they can stand up to someone like you know even Aaliyah Boston, which they would play in the Elite Eight, or and I'm, I didn't mention it, but Cameron Brink. Uh, Angel Reese is going to be a great matchup in the final four. And I think another great matchup is going to be Kunane Reese. Mm-hmm. The issues I could see here for Maryland are Kunane putting Reese in foul trouble and then just dominating at the rim. And we've seen her do this against a bunch of teams. You know, we, we, we've seen her do this against South Carolina, against Louisville, against all of the ACC. Like she can just kind of take over a game and then you're out of it. So I think it's going to be important for um, Maryland's front court to stay out of foul trouble and stay active on offense to try to just, you got to do something, right? You got to get her tired. You got to get her moving around. I think they can do that. I think they can space out. I just, I just feel that Maryland has just that perfect mixture. Like I said at the beginning, I think they just have that perfect mixture of star score, star a person who can drive three point shooting, three point shooting experience, understanding the moment, understanding what it's going to take to win the title more so than NC state or, or even Baylor who's defending national championship um, defending national champion. Like I just have, I just think that they have just that perfect mixture of a team. And I think Maryland this year is going to take the title. And I, I think they'll, they could have, um, you know, what, what title would this be for Brenda Fries? This is, is this Maybe the second it would be the second one, but it would be if they made it to the final four, I believe it would be her third trip and maybe the fourth wait, 2006. And then they went with Alyssa Thomas's group. And then this would be the third, I believe I could oh, be wrong. Other, hey, Christy, when was the other time Marilyn made it to uh, the final four? <laughs> oh, back in the day when I was wearing this sweaty thing, you know, <laughs> <laughs> When they put when they Frames, put you so no, when they put you in Texas's 
a home stadium despite being the one seed. We talked about that. Yeah, but who knew? We didn't even know we were one seed, but I digress. We just knew where the game was and what time we needed to be there wearing stuff, uniform, put it on, shoes, let's go. We're going to go play. (laughs) All right, so you got got Maryland-Baylor in the title game. Uh, I'm guessing we we have the same national champion here. Who you got, Christy? Uh, I'm going with Maryland. Uh, You know, just uh, I think it would be a, a really great ride for the Terps to, to see them get that championship. And also, you know, on another level, we're talking about layers, two things um, with Brenda Freeze's father, not doing so well. I think there, there's an extra added incentive for the players. And of course, for, for Brenda and the staff, but I just think that that would be such a, you're talking about storybook uh, situations for teams. I think that, you know, you saw that at the end of the Big Ten tournament where uh, Brenda Freeze was um, was overcome with emotion, as she should have been. And it was just like the, the total 180 of emotion in that moment. And it kind of all hit her at once. So uh, I think just for for that alone, you, you want to see that happen uh, for Maryland. And it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be a cakewalk. It's not going to be blowouts. I think it's going to be overtimes. I think it's going to be gritty. I think it's going to be a rock fight at times during games when they're playing. But um, I think they're at a different place when they're focused on, on things that are bigger than basketball right now. All right. So we both have Maryland winning the title. We also both live in Northern Virginia. So we, I mean, not, Christie's bias just by her mere presence, uh, considering that her jersey hangs in the rafters at Maryland. Uh, my jersey does not, but I don't know. I, I really have enjoyed watching this team, and and I think they're they, they got a little bit of that team of destiny. I was talking about NC State, but yeah. uh, Calvin, I was kind of in and out, but I don't think you have either of these teams in your in your title game. So what's your I, title? Uh, game? I'm going with Stanford versus Baylor in my title game. Okay. Um, and, and I, uh, I'm going to go with Stanford. All right. I've, I've already heaped a lot of praises on them. You know, I think I, we talked about, I've talked about Baylor's front court, but I'm actually really excited if this matchup happens to see, uh, in the backcourt, you know, Keanu Williams, prestige and a Carrington, I think it's a great matchup. Um, ultimately I think Stanford, Stanford's a much better defensive rebounding team than Arizona. Um, and, and they're going to be able to compete with, with Baylor on, on the glass. Um, I'm gonna go with a little bit more of a hot take than maybe the Katie Benson shot. Uh, I'm gonna go with that. We're gonna have a Fran Belibi national championship game dunk. Oh, wow. Um, And it's not gonna be a game winning dunk. It's gonna happen at who knows, but it's gonna happen in the national championship game and Stanford is gonna win the game. Interesting. Do you have it as a close game or as a, as a potential blowout? Definitely a close game. Okay. Yeah, yeah, wait, 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 you always have to put in your tiebreaker, pick the score. Uh, yeah. So my my score for Maryland NC State would be 94-89, uh, high scoring game. Uh, do, you, do you have one, Calvin, for your game? I think it's going to be a little bit lower score. I mean, with me not having Maryland in my national championship game, it's definitely going to be lower scoring than either of yours. Uh, I'm going to go with 65-63. to 63. Mm-hmm. Wow. Christy, what, what would your final score be? I would say maybe not in the 90s because Maryland leads the country in scoring and then Iowa out of the Big Ten is second, so I'll put that out there too. Um, I think Maryland would probably score, let's just go with 79, 79-75 final. All right, all right. That's fair. Well, <laughs> that's our bracket. 
and we'll see how wrong we are within like the first couple of days. That's the problem. Like that's a, that, it, it's like, you have to pick your whole bracket and then yeah. it's the first day. It's just completely torn to shreds. Um, and you know, we'll see. Well, hopefully, hopefully we get some of these right. Um, and hopefully we provide you some good insight. Calvin bringing the stats, Christy bringing the knowledge, Gabe bringing the poor internet. But we hope you guys enjoyed our live stream. You can catch us on the pod. If you're listening to the podcast, uh, we hope you guys enjoyed it too. As always, follow her hoops to, at her hoop stats on Twitter. Uh, subscribe to our newsletter, herhoopstats.substack.com. And make sure you enter our tournament challenge because it's going to be a lot of fun to see who's right, who's wrong, and who's got. Who's got the craziest picks? Because I, I think FGCU and the Sweet 16, like I have, it might be might be up there. Um, and anyways, uh, just enjoy the basketball. This is the best time of year. Yeah. Have some fun. Have some fun because we didn't get this last year. And now we're getting it, and hopefully it can be done safe and and everyone stays safe in in uh, San Antonio. But we're getting the tournament, baby. So uh, nice. hope you guys have a great evening. And a great weekend watching hoops. We will catch up to you very soon on the Her Hoop Stats family of networks. Sure, we'll go with that. Have a great one. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate... You can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. All state vehicle and property insurance company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.